Hello everyone, how are you going? Hopefully you've had a great weekend of FPL. We are here, ready to go. It has been a big, big weekend for everyone. Damo, how are you going? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. It's been a pretty good week of FPL for me, so I'm very happy, mate. Yeah, and I think that's where we're going to start. You can see by the title that we are going to go through a bit of a different type of conversation this week, guys. So what we'll go through first, as we always do, is we'll go straight through and look at the teams from last week. But if you are here in the chat, make sure you give the stream a like, or if you're watching after the fact, make sure you like the video, get in the comments as well, and make sure you subscribe here at FBL Dopata. And if you want to see mine and Damo's journey separately, our channel names are both on the screen there for you. So we have a bit more detailed videos of our teams individually. We try to keep the podcast more about the discussion versus what we're particularly going to do each with our team. So if you want that extra bit of detail, make sure you do go and see our channels independently. So let's get straight into it. Dom's not here tonight, but I've got Dom's team up on screen. Dom was the lowest scorer between us with 72 points, which he hit the average on the right on the nail um, this week. Very, very high average this week, wasn't it, Damo? It was. It was a very high average, mostly inflated by Haaland and his big haul of points and if, unless you didn't captain him, everyone's in the same boat with the amount of points. So uh, even though that 5.3 million average ranking, you know, the game week ranking sort of thing, uh, yeah. you know, it, everyone's kind of in the same boat. The difference between me and Dom is like, what, uh, 15 points? And I'm like 900k. So, you know, yeah. for the game week rank. It, 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 it is a very, very close week for points. Yeah. So noticeable players that Dom had different to us was Rico Henry, a bit probably frustrated that they didn't keep a clean sheet and it was Rico Henry who was at fault for one of the goals yeah. as well, you know, which wasn't ideal. And then Dom has the gusto, Chilwell sort of double up um, Chelsea defence and you've got double up Chelsea defence, but a different second defender other than Chilwell. And then Dom's other main variable in his side. Oh, he's got Rashford as well, who that's probably saved the day for him scoring this morning. But then also Diaby, who could have had a return as well if, you know, by or Watkins wanted to one of them yeah. shoot against Liverpool <laughs> from the six-yard box. And Diaby did look okay. He gave John McGinn that chance that he put over the bar as well. So on another day, Diaby does return for Dom. And he's absolutely laughing with some really good differentials. On the bench, he had Dijon Pedro and Estupin. And, and, you know, as most people do, have Matt Turner. So that's Dom's side. I haven't actually spoken to him about what he wants to do transfer-wise, but I'm sure he'll update us on that. Later in the week, I will get my team up as well. So I sat in the middle on 77 points this week, so a little bit better off. Pickford, Chewell, Estupinen and Udoji with the assist save of the day for Madison's goal for me. Second assist my in a middle. row. Yep, second assist in a row. Mm. No, yeah, yeah, he's got the assist in the clean sheet the week yeah. before when I had him on the bench. <laughs> but then my whole midfield actually returned which was surprising, but they all only returned once. So Matoma got an assist, Saka got an assist, Salah got a goal, and then Bumo got a goal. So if you told me that my whole midfield was going to return, I would have been pretty happy with it. But Salah on another day gets another minimum one assist um, and could potentially score uh, you know, a one-on-one as well. Saka, I've watched the extended game there, and he really wasn't involved at all. He did have a chance from the six-yard line that he hit straight at Onana right towards the end of the game and he panicked. And again, Saka's ownership, though, being at 66%, it 
it would have been nice when I'm someone who doesn't own Bruno or Madison, but yeah. I think a lot of people own Saka and it would kind of negate itself a little bit. Matoma's actually been really nice for me. Um, he's returned three times in four weeks and the only time he did him was against West Ham in a really tough game that they struggled in. I think he's kind of breaking the mould a little bit. And when you look at his fixtures, you've got Man United coming out of an international break with a defence that we don't know who's going to play there. Then Bournemouth and Villa. He's someone I'm probably going to end up holding, although my plan initially was to get rid of him after the first three weeks. So that's changed a little bit. You can see that Jean Pedro's ended up in my starting eleven because Vardio got the pet roulette. So I thought he was going to be locked in with Ruben Diaz. That was proven wrong. And Ake and Akanji both came in and Ake got a return. So I don't quite know what the future is for Vardio. And I'm going to talk to you guys about him a little bit later on. Harlan, captain, we've spoken about. And Nicholas Jackson, I was just saying the demo before we went live, has been, although the data's there, has been the big regret for me because the decision I made was Jackson over the extra midfielder. And I made that call right at the deadline for game week one. And I went out of a 3-5-2 into a 3-4-3 with Jack Pedro. And that's probably cost me almost 15 points or so this season with only one return coming from Nicholas Jackson. So that's sort of the rundown of where I'm at. I'm around the one, one million mark anyway. I think I'm a one million and 90,000 or something. So look, end of the day, it could be a lot worse. I've seen a lot of good people that are like near the two million area because you know, they've had Nicholas Jackson and they've had other guys that haven't returned. So it could be a lot worse. So let's bring up your team, Damo, and let you go to work on the 10 points that you got ahead of me with. Yeah, so uh, look, uh, you know, double defence like Dom, uh, Kongo and Chilwell, something that I am planning on holding longer term. Um, the fixtures are just too good, uh, I think, for Chelsea to waste a, you know, a transfer and getting him out for Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham and Burnley from a defensive standpoint. Um, I know they've been a bit leaky, but Chilwell has been very aggressive. And Levi Colwell for 4.5 mil, there's potential for clean sheets there, and hopefully he finds one again. Um, Stupian is another one that, you know, we will be looking at some future transfers. Um, you know, it could have, it was very close to a clean sheet, so I feel a little bit hard done by really targeting that warmer fixture. Um, and then look, we'll get on to Cameron Archer because if you watch my personal video, I, I taught this pick up a lot, and I'm glad it definitely uh paid off. But I, I just want to speak about the midfield. Madison's been sensational, had him since game week one, yet again, right areas. I watched the extended highlights, so even though this game was the goal rush for us, I'll rewatch the highlights back because I generally do with most games. And he was yet again essential, you know, dropping in, picking up yeah. the ball, passing balls, you name it. And Buemo is in Buemo, best 6.5 mil we caught at the start of the season. You see why. Uh, Saka, probably arguably his worst game this year, still got a return. Um, and I just want to touch on Salah that if Martinez is a pull off a world class save and Darwin goes with a normal head and not trying to put his boot next to his head. Uh, Salah's got two goals and another and an assist there. So and the uh, same when Darwin hits the post as well. You know, Darwin yeah. ends up like the Maddie Cashone goal too. That was off a Salah assist. Yeah, so th there was potential that Salah could have walked away with like three returns. Um, I know FPL, uh, you know, uh, let's talk FPL keep saying it's like twenty four returns in twenty one games or something like ridiculous. Um, yeah. And ten someone, it's someone that I'm definitely looking at. Uh, Potentially transferring out, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, um, and I, I want to speak about Cameron Archer here quickly. Uh, I did call it. Um, you know, I did put him in. I said I was targeting Everton on my video. I said that uh, I just think that Cameron Archer wearing the ten is going to be the main focal point, and Sheffield looked decent enough against City to take a punt on this yeah. one. Um, 
And look, you watch the game when he pours over your house. Uh, he looked fantastic getting in the right areas. A couple of times with a bit of a better ball, he would have got in as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very happy that I got Cameron Archer into the team there. Yeah, so... Look, I think that puts you around the 46,000 mark as well. So through four game weeks, you're absolutely flying. I've had some really good 50-50s go your way. And it shows that, you know, for me, if our teams aren't that different, where I've got Jackson, you had Pedro plus the extra midfielder. And then this week, you know, you made a really bold decision to go with Archer. A couple big, and, I went, and I've gone Vardy, oh, he then doesn't play. He then I then get Pedro. But I was celebrating when Man City did concede because I knew that if, They'd kept a clean sheet. I would have been absolutely filthy. So don't panic is probably my message. We've said it every week so far. Don't panic if the rank's not there just yet because, you know, 34 game weeks to go. <laughs> it's a lot that's Correct. going to happen. It's so, a long time. We've seen people, like me last year, I was like 5.2 mil at some stage last year. Yeah. And I finished into the top 350k, whatever it was. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, and then over, the exact overall, overall, 335. Yeah. Yeah. I was, out, I was out the, yeah, I was out the like 5.2, 5.7 mil last season. Yeah. Um, you know, transferring Harlan out, you name it. And I got the 335k. I think my second charge league, I was inside the top 30k or something. So, yeah. you know, so as long as you keep making the best decision moving forward, and this is what this stream and this uh, video is going to be a bit about, a podcast when it's uploaded in podcast form, is about how do we make our best decision from now to a potential wild card if that's game at 9, 13 or 19. Perfect. So, yeah, as the title says, let's get straight into it. So, the reason I want to talk about wildcards now is it's it's topical because people panic in this international break. So, people go, we've been playing for a month. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got Nicholas Jackson. I've got the X and Y. I've got Eze, potentially. And the thing with Eze is probably that he, he got the goal this week, and that's probably saving a lot of people that have Eze from making that decision as well. Panicking around defences, not getting clean sheets. So that's where we've come up with the little discussion. So hopefully you guys get something out of it today. Let's get into it. So I'm going to share my screen once again. So if you are listening on the podcast, I do apologise because it's going to be very heavily reliant on the information in front of us. So what I've got set up here is the fixtures for the attacking players from game week 9 to 19. So we're going to go through some different options. Damien and I, we're going to start off with game week nine. You've probably looked at this a little bit more than I have, Damo, as well. Yeah. If we're targeting a game week nine wildcard, what teams are you targeting for the fixture swing in game week nine? I'm targeting Salah uh, straight off the bat. Obviously, I have him at the moment, but he could potentially come out before my wildcard, which is ludicrous to say. Um, but, you know, they, their first three fixtures, nine, 10, and 11, is Everton, Nottingham Forest, and Luton. Harlan and the first two of those are at home as well. Correct. And look, Harlan's never coming out your team, but Harlan's first two there are Brighton or at home. Decent fixture. Man United away. And look, it's Harlan. He's a robot. He knows how to score. Um, I'm very much in the camp of wildcard game at nine. Sulla's in your wildcard and he is captainable. And I would captain him in against Everton and Forest at home. Um, main reason I think that in the two harder fixtures for Harlan, you take the upside of, you know, Sulla popping off. Um, and then make a big decision on game week 11, where if Luton really do look as horrid as they have been at times, um, and Bournemouth have been, you know, relatively okay, so to say, yeah. I do think they're going to go and try and press City and get absolutely annihilated, to be fair. But, uh, you know, there's potential to even Captain Seller in game week 11. So 
if you're targeting a game at nine wildcard, I think you're going solo with the potential of captain in Haaland, and then you're probably looking at targeting another Liverpool asset on top of that. It may be yeah. Trent, I thought it's just saw from Trent. It may be Diaz, because Diaz has looked good. And if we see Darwin continue to start and get in these good areas, it probably could be Darwin as well. Yeah, so what I'll see from an attacking perspective, so what Villa gave Trent last night was so much time and space to be able to pick those passes out. But that also came with their defensive line being really, really high at the same time. So they were in space by the ball in behind. When you're playing teams like Everton, might not be you know a Trent game per se. If Everton is going to sit back, but it also means that Trent might push further forward and get on the ball and do the creative stuff. But when you look at these teams that we're playing, Forest, then Luton away, then you know Brentford, City, Fulham, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, Man United, Arsenal, Burnley, they're all teams that want to play football. They're not really teams that are going to sit in in two banks of four or four and a five and say, break us down, which is good for Trent. So I agree with you on the Trent factor. And then it gives us a bit of time between now and game week nine to see, all right, who's going to be nailed in? There's Europa League. What's Liverpool's philosophy going to be around the Europa League? Is it going to be a chance for the kids to play and the rotation players? So then we know that they're actually going to be locked in for the league. So someone like a Diaz, someone like a Nunes could be absolutely great value going into game week nine. The other advantage of a game week nine wildcard for me is Brighton. For the same reason as Liverpool, we get more, we get another month or five weeks, I guess, worth of data of who's locked in because Ansu Fadi needs to come into this team, number one. Like, there's no way they're going to sign him on loan and not use him. So we need to see who misses out or who's losing minutes in, in that exchange. But then is Evan Ferguson going to be the main striker moving forward? Because we also do need to find ways to money. Brighton don't start off fantastically. They get Man City away in game week nine. But again, if you're on a wild card, you should be able to structure your team so that whatever Brighton asset you have can be on your bench. But then you get Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest, Chelsea, who are struggling, Brentford, Burnley, Arsenal, Palace, Tottenham through 10 game weeks. That is a very, very good run for the Brighton assets, especially someone like a Matoma, who you could just plug him in and he can get returns at any point. So I'm really excited for Brighton. A Stupinen could be someone that comes back into our teams unless you don't want to lose the value and you're just prepared to ride him for the next four weeks and then you ride him all the way to game week 19. Yeah, correct. And like I think with the uh, Brighton assets, it's going to be the case of who are the most locked players that won't get retained that are going to get returns. And it's going to be one of the stupid with a Ferguson or a Matoma by the looks of it at the moment. Um, I think for what it's worth, I think Ferguson is going to eventually become very nailed. Joe Pedro, yeah. and I think Welbeck will be the one that makes way. I think they look better when Welbeck isn't playing. Um, and something that I think they're craving, up, craving out for. Um, I think the next team that everyone will be targeting if you look in game week nine or even game week 13 uh, or 12, um, I should say, is uh, an Aston Villa. You know, if you do it in game week nine, you get West Ham at home, Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home with your first four fixtures post a game week nine wildcard. Um, I think if you're, if you're coupling Watkins with a Darwin, with a Salah, with a Diaby, with a Matoma, with a Wembo, um, you know, you've got three 6.5s, arguably the best midfielder in the game in Salah, and you've got two really explosive forwards. It's something to look at. Obviously, that's depending on funds. It depends if you want Salah. But um, from what I'm looking at at Villa is this Matty Castro is paying more right wing than his right back. So uh, very much where we've got Chilwell because he's paying left wing. It may be that this Matty Cash role continues and we really look at Matty Cash getting in back, 
backstick winning headers and tap ins and what name it. Maybe he comes into the team as well. Yeah, the only concern I've got with Matty Cash is the health of the centre backs. But I'll talk to that a little bit later because what we saw was as soon as Diego Carlos came off, the sub was that a winger came on and Cash dropped in the right back and Conza slid over to centre back. So there's that little nugget to unfold and we'll see what goes on with Diego Carlos. So the only other team that really jumps out to me in a game week nine uh, wild card is Newcastle because again, they go Crystal Palace, Wolves, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Man United, but Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal all at home. Yep. Then Everton, Tottenham, Fulham, Luton, Forest. So very, very good from attacking and defensive fixtures for Newcastle. Again, though, at this stage, I wouldn't know who to target because we've seen Alexander Isaac look pretty good, but then he comes off all the time. The wingers aren't, you know, for me, they're not really what I want to see. I'd like to see Harvey Barnes get a run of games and see if he can actually have a bigger impact from the start. You're not touching any of their centre midfielders for attacking returns. Trippy is obviously a standout defensive option, but at 6.5, you know, do you want to use that money elsewhere? There's a few questions. And then you've got sort of the Botman burn, you know, 4.5 type defenders that, you know, if you want to try and play the clean sheet game, that, you know, they're there and get the potential attacking return or even someone through Fabian Shah. I think he's 5.5. So he's kind of that middle bracket between Trippier and, and the 4.5s. And he's probably, you know, I mean, their back four is pretty well nailed each week. They don't really rotate a whole lot, even though they've got that Lewis Hall that's come in at left back. Sure. But is, is there anyone that's really taking your eye at Newcastle that you might consider in a game week nine wildcard at this stage? Uh, look, for me, it's going to very much depend on the next few fixtures because their fixtures are about to swing to a good set. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons why if I'm looking at game week nine, my son might come out and then come back. So it can be fun maybe to get into a trivia. And that's kind of my gauge of if I'm going to do that and they are playing well and that they're, the defensive numbers have been decent against hard sides. The defensive numbers remain good against lesser sides who aren't going to be as clinical. Um, they might turn out to be good assets, trivia going forward and back and, you know, maybe Isaac, because I think the way it's going to go is Isaac's going to start, play 65, and then it's going to be Wilson off the bench every game week, generally. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Europe as well. They're in the Champions League, you know, tough group. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Newcastle. I definitely think in a game week nine wildcard, there's potential to have a couple of options there. Um, I just don't know who's going to be the best one moving forward and what rotation's going to do to that, because I do see a world if you pick Isaac that now all of a sudden Wilson starts two games in a row in the league to yeah, I said play two games in a row in the Champions League and then they might switch it. So um, it's yeah. a bit of an interesting one. I think the lucky last one that I want to mention is West Ham have decent fixtures as well during this Game Week 9 wildcard. And this is why the yeah. Game Week 9 is so popular. It's an international break and art and uh, look, a lot of Chelsea's fixtures, Spurs' fixtures swing. Um, and you know, look, if you're looking at Villa away, who, you know, Villa are decent, but then Everton, Brentford, who've conceded goals, Forest, Burnley, Palace, Spurs, who will concede goals. Fulham Wolves before you beat yeah. me in the United Arsenal game at 18-19. If that doesn't scream, it's bowling time. Nothing screams, it's bowling time as well. Yeah, so there's definitely plenty of options around game week nine. Is there another set of game weeks that you want to particularly bring up for the viewers? I think if you can, you can even eat it out of game week 12. And in game week 12, you can get like some Arsenal assets back, like Burnley, Brentford, Wolves, first three. Brighton, obviously, in game week 12 as well, goes Sheffield Forest. You get Newcastle, yep. go, um, you know, Man United, sorry, go Luton, Everton, um, and then you get two hard games in Newcastle, Chelsea, but then Bournemouth as a four yep. or a five fixture. 
Um, so it might be the time that if you drop a Bruno, for instance, or something, and then go back. And it also means in the game week 12, you get Forest, Burnley, Palace as the next three for Bolin. It's maybe a different differential sort of week to target, but with a lot of good fixtures. Um, you know, maybe not the sort of game where you're targeting a Salah or a Trent or a Darwin. Um, might not even be a game where you're targeting a second, a second Man City asset, which with Pep like that probably isn't a bad thing. But it's sort of a, it allows me to refresh my team and go a bit more template-y. And that means that I can get from gaming 13 to gaming 27, 28 for that second wild card, free hit sort of territory, uh, pretty yeah. easier. Um, yeah. I think the lucky last one's gaming 19. Only issue with gaming 19, I mean, you were toying with this idea, getting it all the way to the last thing before it gets burnt, the wild card, is that's Boxing Day. Um, so, you know, with games coming thick and fast and rotation, it may be too volatile, but, um, you know, there's a lot of good fixtures you could target for Boxing Day with a wild card. And as long as you build a good enough team to get you the game in 27, 28, you only have to build a seven-week wild card. And, you know, yeah. That's not the hardest thing to do. Yeah, and I don't think it's worth us really unpacking that at this point because that is quite a while away still and there's obviously going to be a lot that's going to change you know, between there. But I think not for people that can stretch it to nine in particular, like I'd be hold, if you're at this point now, I'd be trying to hold as much as possible until game week nine because there's a clear change. And if you've used it already, then getting to 19 could be really, really difficult because you're probably targeting the guys like the Chelsea and the Spurs guys who the fixtures do turn quite sharply going out of nine. So just some food for thought there with the wild card. I think the rest of what we want to talk about is our ways now that we're going to get to game week nine. Do you want me to start us off here? Yeah, Dave? you go first because I'm still I'm very unsettled into what I'm going to do. It's going to be a long two weeks for me. Yeah, so let me get rid of this part of the screen. Let me add to the next one. So I've gone through and mapped out hopefully what my side is going to look like. So from game week five, I've got two transfers in the bank. And the reason why I wanted you to talk about Matty Cash a little bit is because he's part of my transfer plans already. So number one, at this stage, I need to get Jao Pedro out of my team because he is just burning a hole at the moment. And it's just a... I'm going to talk about a, a minute's risk with another minute's risk, but Julian Alvarez, through four games, has looked absolutely brilliant. He scored 21 points... Oh, 28 points so far through four weeks. Two goals, three assists. Expected points of 20. But his minutes have been fantastic. So that probably means that he's due for a rotation. I'm not sold on bringing Alvarez in, but there's a world where he does come in for me and I play the pep roulette that way instead of Vardiol. So the other transfer I'm making is Vardiol out for Matty Cash. And you might say, why are you bringing in Matty Cash for the Chelsea-Brighton sort of fixtures? Around that 4.5 bracket, there's not a, a solid option for game week five. So he's particularly coming in for only a couple of weeks for me, but you'll see why long-term. So he comes in for Palace at home for me. And then the rest of my team looks solid enough there. I'm riding Jackson as much as I don't want to. I was talking to Damo about this quite a bit today. I'm ready to sell Jackson, but the data's there for Jackson. And I think the reason I picked him was for opportunity and the opportunity is there. So you're talking about having 14 shots in the box through four games for one goal and it's just nuts numbers. And his XGs of three. So there's going to be a point where that data turns. He does miss, you know, that sitter in the inside the six-yard box this week as well. If he scores that, it's a different, completely different game week for me as well. So 
Hopefully, Matt Turner can play after looking pretty good against Chelsea as well, against Burnley at home, and then that might be the last time he sees the field for me. Game week six, we then move one transfer, and it's Dan Byrne potentially coming in for me for, uh, what's his name? Is it Bauer? Bauer, what's his name from Burnley? Yeah. Bayer, that's it. So just trying to use some of my funds just to get my team playable up to game week nine. So my plan is to keep Salah. So Bayer goes out, Byrne comes in. This has to be Byrne or Botman. If Botman's back fit, it's probably Botman, but I just want one of those 4.5 Newcastle defenders to get me up to the wild card. So that's game week six. Game week seven is a roll. So I still keep Alvarez for the run. I keep Jackson for their run. Matty Cash still sits the bench. So he plays game week five for me, and then he hits the bench for two weeks because of the run of fixtures that Newcastle get. Then we go into game week eight. So we're obviously two weeks or we're one week away from this with two transfers. Then it was Matoma and Saka go out in game week eight for Sterling and Madison, who have Luton and Burnley. So that's my play. And then I can bench Alvarez for that game and then bench Burn and bring Cash back in for Wolves. That gets me to game week nine and the international break. And that is... I'm just trying to target the best fixtures, really, and I'm just plugging guys in and out. That's obviously dependent on injuries and whatnot, but I think the way that I'm then structuring that team, I've got enough cover on the bench that if I have to play one of those defenders against a Brighton or a Brentford, you know, some of those, or Man United, I can just throw someone on for a week and then make the move. I still want to make because I know that I'm going to that game with nine wildcard. So I feel like it's in a good spot. It just means that I need to hang on to Nicholas Jackson, which is might be harder if he keeps missing all these chances, but the rest of my team shape there, I feel, was okay sitting in that three four three four four two um, shape. Um, but I'll just have to ride it and go from there. Beautiful. No, look. What are uh, your thoughts on that? I think it's good. I think uh, there's definitely a very good plan. We're in two slightly different spots um, in terms of midfielders and stuff. But I like the idea and I like the thinking. Um, I just don't want to chase people that have already got points. You know what I mean? Correct. Like, and if Bruno and Madison had the best fixtures, then I would go for them. But I feel like the options I've gone for there, and the midfield's actually not my worst part of my team. Like, my whole midfield returned this week. So I I can get away with the midfield, but I'm lacking up front because I've been carrying Jao Pedro and bloody Jackson the whole time. I've got two returns out of them all year. Yeah. And uh, look, that's the frustrating part. And that's the thing I want to say to everyone listening is don't trust... Don't chase previous points. Look to the future points and look to the future fixtures. He's got good data. And that's where I'm in a dilemma because if you look at my team right now, as it stands, without me making a transfer, I've got the stupid against Man United. I've got Archer against Spurs, which, look, Spurs are Spurs and Archer is a goat, right? But I've got a really, really good midfield five of, you know, yeah. against Suller against Wolves. Madison, I've had since game week one, so against Sheffield, definitely not dropping in. Bruno's looks outstanding numbers-wise, but hasn't had the best of the year, but he's got Brighton and Burnley and Palace, so I'm not really selling him. And then I've got Saka, who's got Everton, Spurs, Bournemouth, and look, as much as Saka had a quiet one, he's still the talisman for Arsenal. And look, if we're at 6.8, it's got Newcastle and Everton and Forest. So tell me out of those midfield five, who am I selling to free up funds? It, it makes it very difficult as a decision. Obviously, Salah's the one, and I'll show you what I'll do if I do sell Salah this week. 
And so the only reason why it would be the seller is to allow me to get Pedro, because I've got the same issue with you, after somebody. And it allows me then also to probably, instead of getting rid of a stupid who I can keep for game week six, who's got Bournemouth, right? It allows me to get Bulldog up. And you guys might be screaming at me, well, Damien, double Chelsea defence. I, I like the fixtures, you know, this game week Bournemouth. Yes, Bournemouth can go out there and score. And yes, I think Bournemouth will. But I also do think there's a, a lot, you know, a quite a percentage of opportunity that Cole and Shaw do keep a clean sheet too. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm looking at this game week and I've got two options, I've got two free transfers, is I've got 0.5 in the bank. So if I was just to remove Pedro and then roll the transfer, there's not really many 6.0 strikers no, out there. Strikers. You know, everyone's had a price-wise that's pretty good. I don't want to touch Beto. Ferguson's got me behind the Bournemouth and Villa, and we don't know about his minutes. The one that I'm actually thinking of is one that you've alluded to, and that's Odson Edward. Because yeah. you love his data. Talk to talk to me through his data because you've looked at this a little bit more. Yeah, I've gone into his depth massively. So he's had the second most amount of shots overall. I believe he's had 19, I think, in total. 19 um, shots in the box. There you go. And Palace have been creating chances and they've just not been taking them. He's yeah. scored three and four, though. And he's, you know, the fixtures for, for Palace haven't been fantastic either. So I think he scored in game week one and game week four from memory. Yep. Um, I don't think it has it there anyway. Um, but he's just someone who that team just revolves around from an attacking perspective. So he is just locked in. AU always plays off one wing. Mateta will come on off the bench, but he'll play in a two at that point. And Eze is someone who can create just, you know, straight out of nothing things for Edward as well. And he's actually a pretty good finisher. He did miss a sitter uh, from the top of the six-yard box as well. I think he just got really... Complacent. I don't know if you've seen it yet um, no, in the no. highlights if you've watched it, but he just got really complacent and just sort of passed the ball and just just mu- completely muffed it up. But what is an interesting stat though was at the weekend where he scored two. It was the first time since his debut that he's had multiple goals in a game for Palace. So he might not be a monster returner, but he could be someone that in some good fixtures you can plug him in. Five point five. That's what we said about Gio Pedro, and Gio Pedro will worry about the minutes. Odson Edward is a 5.5. You can plug in for good fixtures that you don't have to worry about minutes. But I don't know if now's the time. If you've, you've got five really good midfielders, and for me, if in your team, it would be dependent on the fixtures you get between Archer, Edward, and your five midfielders. So if you're only. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So that's where I'd be looking at it. But and that's the thing. Like if, you look at, if you look at Edward's, right? For instance, and it's Villa, Fulham, United, Forest. It's great. Like, don't get me wrong, two of those four, you love it. And Villa's not the worst, right? But you have a look at Archers at the moment. Yeah, but if you look at Archers, they got Spurs, scorable game, Newcastle, West Ham, but you also in the, you get a clash of Fulham away and Forest at home, and you get that big dilemma in game week eight. Archer, we know, is going to be Sheffield's main man, and we're just seeing what he can do against Everton. Fulham are definitely as bad as what Everton are. Right, yeah, and then you got Edward against Forest. Who, to be fair, Forest have as much as they've given away some sort of XG this year, they are a team that love to sit deep and frustrate and then hit on the break. So, I think you get a benching dilemma now. Does that mean then that you just hold Pedro through? I don't think that's the issue, I don't think you can do that either. Which means that for me, I'm in a bit of a weird situation of well, what's the best decision next? Is it Salah down to? Uh, you know, a son or a seller down to a, uh, you know, a seven mil or 6.5 mil. Sterling. Yeah, something or like that. Diaby. 
Or do we bite the bullet and say, even though Bruno's got good fixtures coming up, maybe it's Bruno down and keeps Salah this time, um, this long term, because of how consistent he's been. It's a bit of a weird one for me because I don't have that second striker option. And obviously the third option that I would be toying with is Semenyo. Only problem is, is that he's got Chelsea, Brighton, and Arsenal next three before Everton away in game week eight. Semenyo is the type of guy that on your wild card with Wolves, Burnley, and then longer term, a bit better for Bournemouth is the guy you target. So I feel like I'm in this hard place in a rock. I've already got Botman, which is great, and a stupid. I think my move this game week is honestly going to be something along the lines of a Salah or a Bruno down to a cheaper midfielder to allow me to get Bulldog up to a better defender and Pedro out next week or Pedro out this week and you dodgy up next week. But if I was to draw that up, which midfielder would you choose out of this list, you know? Out of the 9.0 yeah. list, you know, it, yes, Son's great. Son then goes to Arsenal-Liverpool, though, after Sheffield. So have you missed the boat? If you, you know, knew that Foden was going to start, it's Foden. But yeah, but you don't. That's the concern, which is why I'm going after Alvarez, because I'm trying to really hit those fixtures. But I've got some money sitting there in the bank, so that's how I'm Correct. able to get there. Is, um, it, is it Sterling after what we've seen from Chelsea, Bournemouth, Villa and Fulham? I mean, Sterling, if, if Nicholas Jackson knows how to finish, Sterling walks away with an assist and everyone goes Correct. Yeah. So there's hindsight there. And everything that's positive that's happening for Chelsea is happening really down the right. Chilwell, he's gotten into some okay spots, but he hasn't looked like he did against Liverpool, really. Like, to be honest, Gusto had the game against Luton, not Chilwell. They have game week two. They lost West Ham, was it? Yeah, West Ham, they lost two. Nothing really from Chilwell. So, like, Chilwell's been transferred in heavily and he's gone up quite a bit, but he's not, you know, shown that he's essential. I think a lot of the play so far has come down the right. What I'd be concerned with with Chelsea is are they going to go back to the 4 2 3 1 at any point? Because they actually looked really good in that in pre season. And how does that impact? I'm not saying that it impacts anyone positively or negatively, but whenever there's a system change, we have to be mindful that there will be things that change as well. Correct. And, like, if I was to move Salah, which would pay me, and I don't even know if I could do it physically, right, it would be for Sterling with the next three fixtures, being Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham, Burnley, and then you're wildcarding out of Arsenal anyway to get Salah back. Yeah. It gives me a really solid run of fixtures across the board. Yes, Bruno could be a potential mistake selling Salah not Bruno. But it gives me his 5.7 mil with the bank and that gives me the funds to get a Pedro to anyone. And like yeah. with the fixture run for the forwards at the moment, you know, Palace, Chelsea, Brighton for Watkins Air, not touching Darwin just yet. But I really think getting on the lights of maybe Isaac early, Brentford, Sheffield, Burnley, West Ham, would it be the yeah, worst? Palace. Yeah. Yeah. And then well he's wild card out at that oh, stage. Yeah. Or I could even go to someone like this in Wissa, right? Who's got Newcastle this game week, yeah, but then Everton Forest. The league, Pardon? They are. And Everton are showing like the team. So it, it's yeah. a weird it's a weird situation because if I do this and just let's pick Isaac for a while, that gives me 3.5 in the bank with this team. Yeah. Right? A decent bench. That only gets better next game week because it would be Bulldog to Trippier. Yeah. 
because I got money in the bank. And all of a sudden, I still got one mil in the bank. Trippy is going to play over Cowell. Cowell. Yeah, Isaac's going to come in over Archer, and I get the really, and then I get the really, really. What do you do with Botman sort of decision? though? that's the issue because Botman from reports is going to be back from next game because he's only about a week away and could have made the team yeah. but they decided against it. And then it's all of a sudden, well, Botman against Sheffield probably keeps a clean sheet. But do you take Chill at home against Villa for attacking returns at the moment? I'm no, sure. you ride the fullbacks. You ride those fullbacks with those two fixtures. Yeah, but if you look at that team after two game weeks, that's game week six. I've got Bournemouth, Sheffield, Villa, a very stacked five. Isaac and Harlan up top. And a good and bench. Game, and then in game week seven, I've got one, what? One free transfer. Yeah, you want to roll into I eight. I could roll to eight. get two in eight with one mil in the bank. That's what I've and done. Even, and even then, my team looks decent. You know, Archer for me needs to play against Fulham, so I'd have to drop someone here. I don't know who. Well, it's I'm, I'm selling Saka in, in eight. I'm probably dropping so, Saka to my bench. We, yeah, if you want to bring him back in, I guess it's the question on your wild card. But then it doesn't really matter, does it? If you're selling them on your wild card, it's not. Yeah, but you lose the money on him anyway, right? And that gets me to game week eight. Look, it, it, it yet again leaves me in the spot where Stoopy and Botman need to make a decision there again, or Coel against Burnley, which is probably the way I would go. Actually, is probably Coel for Burnley. And like with just two moves this game week and dropping Salah, I get a team that can get me to game week nine and wildcarding back. Yeah. Right. My only issue with this is. Is that two moves of Isaac and Sterling going to be better than Salah and someone else? That's the question. So really say, say it's Odson, Edward and Salah. The Odson, Edward and Salah beat Sterling and Isaac. That's the question. Yeah, that's correct. And I, I honestly think that it's... I'm us. leaning Salah, Edward because of Salah's, but Salah's fixtures elevate that side of that. Equation and if Edward does get two or three returns in those four weeks, then that's the big decision. And I'm going to make that decision as well because I, you know, I've taken minutes risk with Vardiol. Do I take another minutes risk in Alvarez or do I save 1.2 and back what I'm saying and believe in Edward? The difference with me and Edward is if I bring Edward in, I've got to play him most weeks. That's the difference. So I don't have to, but I've got Jackson there, and again, Jackson's not you know, locked in when it comes to finishing his chances. So I've got a little bit to consider there as well. Let us know in the in the comments as well, what would you guys do in the same situation? Would you look at an Isaac? Because we're, we're really, what we're comparing, Damo, are two players that are significant minutes risks that have shown that they're starting. Though. Isaac started every game. Alvarez has started every game. So okay. we're taking on that they might come off or that they might not. Well, Isaac will start. I don't, I don't see a world where Isaac doesn't start. But same with Alvarez. Until De Bruyne's back, I don't really see a world. I think he's locked in that number 10 sort of second striker role anyway. And City don't have another player fit to play the same way Alvarez does. So I feel like they're both kind of locked into the you know what they are at the moment. Yeah. But the question comes back to, does Edward free up what you need uh, moving forward? Yeah, you know, look, if I take Pedro to Edward, I can still keep 0.5 in the bank and it's only one transfer. My question then becomes, do you play Edward or you just punt with part Archer but again? Because it's Spurs and Spurs will concede, you feel? At home, I think Spurs would be better than the way. 
Yeah, which then makes me question with my second move, do I get your doji in and start yeah, like Stupian with no money in the bank? It says point two, but I don't think there is. Actually, it would be because your doji's price has gone up. Yeah. So I can't actually do that. And I don't think Spurs really have a... Unless you've got Pedro Porro who's locked in. But it's more targeting Spurs, and then they go Arsenal and Liverpool. So if you go on Spurs, I feel like you go and you don't or no one. Yeah, correct. Unless you want Romero, unless you want Romero, because we saw how much he can hit a bloody ball in the weekend too, and has scored twice this year. <laughs> would you? <laughs> would you say that crazy if I sold Bruno Fernandes right now? No, because I'm not targeting him. But I think you'd be happy when you have to hold him for Brighton, Burnley, Palace. I think you hold him. I wouldn't sell it. I'd sell Saka before I sell Bruno. Is it Saka before Everton, Spurs, Bournemouth? I wouldn't want to sell him before Everton, but if I'm selling him, I'm selling Saka before Bruno. I've seen more Bruno being involved than Saka this year. Your team's in a hard spot. (laughs) Yeah, this is the issue, because I need to get a striker in that's going to play over Archer, I feel. And, like, I get two good fixtures from Edward. I think Villa's okay. Fulham's really good. Man United is not the worst. But I'd probably pay Archer at West Ham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then in, in game... And then you get him back for Forest. Yeah. Well, then you get Edouard back for Forest. So it's not the worst. Yeah, so then I also have Archer on my bench for Fulham. I would probably want to play three up front. Oh, right. And drop Saka. Yeah, because Saka will come off that week anyway. Yeah, it's a tough... Yeah, correct. Well, it's a tough position. And like then I've got point four of the bank and I need to get rid of Bulldog and arguably get a defender in for a Stupian. I don't want to sell Maybe it's Matty Cash. That's what I've done for that week. I've gone cash that week because they've got Crystal... Oh, they're playing Crystal Palace. Um, but there wasn't a standout 4.5 defender that week for me. Or you bank that Botman's fit, but then you like it doesn't matter where you go, you're going to be playing against someone you've got in your team. So Yeah, look, to be fair, if, if Botman's fit, he plays against Brentford, I don't particularly want that one either. Yeah, otherwise you go catch I'm probably just and hopefully you get an attacking return. Yeah, so I'm probably or just Or in against me United, yeah. It's not the end of the world. But look, there's definitely... What we're hoping to get out of this conversation, guys, is that there's ways to navigate your team from now to game week nine. There's, especially, I think a lot of people have rolled the transfer from last week into this week. So if you've got two transfers going coming out of the international break, you should be in a spot where you can make those two if you need to and be in a solid spot, you know, at, at this point heading into game week nine. So hopefully go on to Fantasy Football Hub. We're not sponsored by them by any means, but that's what we use to get our data and start mapping our teams out so that we can try and do what we've you know done here in front of you guys tonight and make sure that we're in a spot that gets us through the next month of Premier League football. So I'm sure that we're going to do lots of tinkering between now and the deadline because it is a long time between what we can do. But we're at a point where the, our teams are fine. Don't panic. I can see Damo's already thinking of other moves. I think we'll give him one more opportunity to talk us through his thoughts before we wrap up, unless you've got any questions that you want to put in the chat. I've got an idea. Here we go. Talk us through I don't, I don't like this idea. But... So, I've obviously get Edward in for Pedro. Don't don't try hard, it's a stupid thing. But anyway. Right. And then Edward comes into the team. Yep. Now I was not making captain. Pickford was on my bench. 
I know he goes Man City and Liverpool, but if I go from Pickford to Ariola, that frees up funds. And I just don't see Turner starting, starting though at this point. Yeah, but Ariola will just play long term. Yeah, I think like, Turner is going to play next week. They're not dropping him after a clean sheet against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, right. So he gets through the one week, and then I can get you Doji in for a hit. But I don't like taking hits, but at least with that hit, it gives me one in the bank. It allows me to get Edward in. It allows me to get Archer in. It allows me to have Botman in another extra week to see if he's fit. And even though it's one hit, it's now I still got Salah, still got Madison, still got Bruno, still got Saka, still got Embuemo. I got two playing defenders on the bench in your Doji and Botman that swap in and out for when there's bad fixtures up here. Yeah. And then it's not too and bad. And then you've got the Archer Edward rotation as well. Correct. And it, it's not. My worry too... is that you have to do that pretty soon because one of those guys is going up at some point. Yeah, which makes me yet again go, is that worth well, it? Point one saves you one price rise, but it's just, yeah, it's not ideal. Nah. So Especially you have to take a hit to do that. And this is where, as much as I had a good start, I knew this was my problem going with a big heavy five and not having a really a big second striker and having Pedro. Because Pedro didn't start, you know, doing what he's doing now. It gives you that issue. Of what do you do? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, he started last game week. There's a potential where you just keep him for another game week and then see what and happens. See what happens. Yeah, and you don't rush yeah. him. And then my move is the problem was Welbeck was injured. Yeah, and that's the thing. Welbeck's fit coming out of the international break. Did I go Ferguson Welbeck again? I just don't want that headache anymore. <laughs> like, I, I hear you. Too hard to predict. And Pedro didn't look good either. That's the other issue. If he looked good, then it'd be a different story, but he didn't do anything. Because if it's going to be we keep Pedro, it's Pickford down to Ariola, and it's going to be you don't. Yeah, and I get points with the bank. I can play your doji over Estupian this week, and we get one extra week of Joe Pedro data. Yeah. Of what's going to happen with Joe Pedro? And then you can go Edward anyway if you need to. And then it allows me in game week six, unless the prices go ballistic, is, you know, but then you're caught in the trap. Oh my God, if that's going to be the case, you've got to play Joe Pedro against the Bournemouth now if he's going to start. And then all of a sudden you get in that trap yet again. But yeah. I think. As well as the get there, I'm actually leaning to what I've just done there. I'm actually leaning that if everyone's fit, everyone's fired, everyone's fired, and you keep Salah in this team, it's going to be picked with the other RL to get your doji in, which at least gives me one week where I don't have to pay a stupian, and a stupian and your doji can just switch in and out with Kobo and Chilwell when needed. And Pedro can sit there as your third sub until a wild card. Uh, well, Pedro will play over over Archer when you know the fixtures link up but you know in game week uh in game week eight archer i'm telling you right now captain the ball against fulham captain the ball and you're probably playing in seven against west ham as well there yeah probably but um you know that's the thing and look even if you're not happy with your team when i'm not with the template of my team i'm still happy with the big midfield five hitting midfielders and it's only got to get to game week nine to wildcard yeah you know that's four exactly. game weeks and with a really good start, if you have a few suboptimal weeks, you're still going to be in a decent position once you wildcard to still be yeah. you know, in a run. And, and things even out in fantasy as well. And that's the thing. So, like, you've got no Jackson. There's going to be a point where Jackson couldn't return for a couple of weeks in a row. And that balance 
will happen. So that's just sort of where it is for me at the moment. So look, lots to go through, lots happening. If you have questions over the you know long international break, we'll be back hopefully next week for two streams. Maybe not next week, but moving forward when it's no international break with a Monday and a Thursday, so we can hit the the review, the review and a preview, and do them separately moving forward. So if you're keen for that, make sure number one, if you're an audio listener, that you're over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for that content. If you like to see us talk through and go through numbers and you're a visual person, make sure you come over to FPL Dopata and have a look at the stream as it happens live and get in the chat as well. And if you want that further bit of communication overall with our community, make sure you get in the Discord, which should be in the description, which I need to make sure I do put in for the video because I have a separate description for that as well. So, Damo, once again, thank you. That's all right, mate. Anytime, always happy to be in the show and... uh do the right things and get in here and talk all the uh, FPL goodness. Yeah, and hopefully we can lock in this Monday slot a bit more as well. It's a bit crazy. Mondays get a bit finicky when it comes to the Tuesday game, but I think it's good to get the sounding board out as quick as possible after a weekend when it can be quite frustrating and it's nice to talk through things. So if you are excited for next week, make sure you go along all those social channels and we'll see you guys next week for our Game Week 5 full preview.